What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, Bridie here to introduce this week's guest. This week's guest is Simone Milosis. She is an innovative business leader, author, and a self-confessed compulsive creator. We spoke with Simone about creating a relationship with an intimate partner and choosing it over and over again. We'll see you on the other side. All right. Well, we're joined uh, by our new friend, Simone, all the way from the Sunshine Coast in Australia. Uh, super bright and early for you. Uh, almost, almost late for us. Sun is down. Uh, so nice to have you on the show. Um, Brady. we just got a copy of uh, Simone's book that you've been, you've been kind of plowing through in the last few days. Yeah. Relationship. Are you sure you want one? It's a very good title. <laughs> I do love that title. Yeah. Am I sure I want one, Simone? Some days, not so much. I know, exactly. Well, that's why we, <laughs> we put a question on the title because we wanted, we wanted people to question where they're at. You know, if they were choosing, because people get very righteous in relationship is the right thing, being single is the right thing. And it's like, no, what if every day you asked a question like relationship, 
am I sure I want one? So that's why we put it into a question. Hmm. Yeah. Is it, where does this come from? Like, is this a, is this a, cause you, you wrote the book with your partner. Am I correct in saying that? There's a little bit of a funny story with that. It's okay. like, uh, yes, I did. You are correct, but he's my ex. Okay. <laughs> so, I got you. And literally. So we, you answered the question by writing the book. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten yeah. that far yet. Don't no spoilers. Spoiler alert. Jesus. Simone. Oh no. When the book was published, like we were together. And then we were in America and we had all this TV, you know, playing and everything like that. And we split up and our PR agent nearly had a heart attack. And we're like, don't worry about it. We've got this. We can work this. Because the thing is, we're we're really good friends. Uh, He lives in Texas now and I'm still in Australia living in our house. Uh, And, yeah, so we split the relationship up. So, yeah, we, we did actually start looking at do we actually really desire to be living together like we were. Because, like I said, we've still got wealth creation. We've still got a friendship, all of that. We're just not not having sex anymore, not living together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really resonated with uh, some of the opening questions actually in, in your book. And it reminded me a lot of Jeremy and I in that, uh, you know, we were married, we're in a long-term committed relationship. We don't have a sexual relationship and we currently don't live together. But one of the things that Jeremy always really... Now, the drew- only reason we're still together is because we haven't written this fucking book together. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the final <laughs> piece As soon as we of- sit down and write a book, it's over. <laughs> yeah, well, don't... I mean, don't say that because we could write a book together. But, uh, but one of the things that you kind of like make pretty clear is like being in a partnership or being in a relationship is a choice that you have to make every day. Mm. And that is something that Jeremy used to say to me early on in our relationship but always yeah. really stuck it was like oh i choose i yeah. choose this every day yeah. yeah yeah wow yeah interesting i i i and i still say that to this day i i, I don't i didn't say it that way i'm gonna mm-hmm. i'm gonna correct you a little bit sure uh, let me, sure let me just, that was your first let, mistake let me just mansplain this to you Brody. <laughs> um no what i what i said was it love lo- to loving you is a choice i'm choosing right. to love you yeah uh, less so that I'm, ch- I, I didn't ever think about it. Like I'm choosing to be in relation with you. Right. But I'm choosing to love you. Right. Because I can, I, 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 I think, I believe that I have the capacity to love many, 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 many people. Not, a, not anyone, but many <laughs> people. And I'm choosing to share my love with you. <clears throat> but this idea of like, of asking yourself the question, do I want to be in relationship? And Simone, I'm going to throw this question to you because I haven't read the book. Um, is this a question that, you know, in the process of writing the book, in the in the in the the process of practicing what you preached, is this a question that you, as a singular person, are are asking yourself, or is this a question that you are asking in partnership? with the person that you are with? Uh, I think both. And to be honest, it's like, I mean, I was with Brendan for eight years and the first couple of years I kept, um, we had a lot of like, you know, the big joke because he was much younger than me too. So it was like, oh, you're you're the toy boy, you know? (laughs) And so I kept expecting it to end. And then Mm. after about two or three years, I went, oh, he's actually really committed to this. And apparently so am I like, then we started buying real estate together and investing in things together. 
So I'm going to say by the time that our relationship split up, I was sort of like, okay, this is working. And then he broke the relationship up. And I definitely did that like, oh my God, like that, you know, freak out thing. I thought I was going to be with you for the rest of my life. And then I went, wow, this is really exhausting. Like, because I looked at, he broke the relationship up. It's not personal. It's the relationship. And he was correct. Like we weren't as as creative together anymore it was sort of like maintaining this relationship so I'm grateful that he actually chose to do that and where we are now I think that was about three years ago um I still question like I went for a run yesterday and was questioning do I actually desire to be in a relationship and because there's aspects of it I really enjoy um and you know state the obvious it's like I actually like sex as well but so many people put relationship and sex together and they don't have to be together it's like they don't so so that's what I was uh, a couple of years ago I actually looked at it and went okay do I want a relationship and I started to write down all the things about relationship I like because I actually like cooking pouring a glass of wine having a chat in the kitchen about possibilities and that sort of thing right I like jumping in the shower with someone it's like you know I actually like going to bed some some nights throughout the week with another body um and not even making that part about sex just like lying next to someone and then I love having time on my own in bed Mm. like a space so it's it's not normal I would say the way I function but I get nobody is and I think everyone's trying to fit themselves into this normal box that doesn't actually exist so if you start to play with the energy of it and asking questions like what is it that works for you I mean I don't know if you've ever seen Downton Abbey or those those shows from years ago. I love that idea of you have your room, I have mine, we have our mm. own bathrooms. Like you should see my bathroom. It's like <laughs> there's not much space for somebody else to come in. I've really right. made it mine, you know, and I have his and her sinks and the his sink is filled up with makeup. Right, yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, so it's like what works for you and I think you really got to look at that and I continuously look at that for myself. What is, what's the, um, uh, and, and if you can't speak to this, totally, totally okay, but um, just curious about like relationship dynamics in Australia as a whole, like, um, to be more specific, we, Brady and I, you know, like Brady and I said, we're, we're polyamorous and we, we recently had a conversation with a, a lawyer who's a family lawyer who specifically deals a lot in like family law when it comes to non-monogamous relationships. And it was a really interesting conversation piece surrounding um, like the culture of non-monogamy in within Canada, um, what is what is the culture in Australia when it comes to relationships that fall outside of the like, you know, typical binary um, uh, yeah. monogamous sort of setup? Yeah, uh, I, I would say it's going to be similar to. I mean, I don't know why I'm pulling the Commonwealth card, but. I get we tend to like sort of mimic each other as well in some ways. Totally, um, yeah. We do, I, I, and I don't know how or why, but we do. Um, but I would say it's pretty acceptable. I, I am saying I live in the Sunshine Coast. I, I was born and bred in Sydney, which was, I think the major cities are a hell of a lot different. Yeah. Mm. Um, and the last couple of years have been a real struggle. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys know, but Melbourne's been the most locked down city in the world. So yeah. I think people have really had to actually more so deal with because they've been stuck in a house with someone or stuck in a house on their own, really deal with getting really confronting of like, okay, does this person work for me? I think there's been more divorces and also more 
um, I'm going to say creationships of people just going, wow, I'm so freaking grateful that I have you. So I think it's acceptable. The one piece I find very interesting about that is like the non-monogamous relationships is if two people choose that, it works. And so often like when I do seminars and classes and stuff like that, one partner wants to choose it and the other one goes, okay, and agrees but they don't they're not really agreeing and i think that's that's you've really got to be like so brutally honest with yourself of oh, does that work for you and if it doesn't work for you then you got to tell the other person not yeah. just say yes it does because it's only going to end up hurting you in the long run so but i would say yeah it's pretty acceptable i would say there's a thing called situationships. <laughs> Have you heard of that? No, no I, I mean, it's also the first time I heard a creationship, creationship. And, and I love that term. I love it too. I've I, it I, down. I mean, it's, it sounds pretty self-explanatory, but, but maybe there's more to it, but uh, creationship and, and what was, what was the situation? Situationship. Situationships. That's become the new trendy thing in Australia. Definitely. And situationship is basically like, you know, having someone, a lover, et cetera, that you meet up with them for certain occasions. Like it could be like once a week for sex or it could be like once a week for sex and restaurant, you know, right. or to take to the family gathering. But situationships is more like, okay, I have you, but it's it's pretty much said I probably have another one or two or three or whatever I desire. So it's it's not like this committed relationship. It's a situationship, which personally... <laughs> At this moment in my life, I think is a fabulous idea. It works for me. Now, if that that working for you, like in your own personal life, do you find your, and this is another kind of conversation piece that's come up on the podcast uh, several times over the last few weeks, but do you find yourself having to kind of explain yourself and like your relationships or your situationships to the people in your life, whether that be your peers, your friends or family in a way where, you know, maybe yeah. they are in a very, again, like typical monogamous, you know, white picket fence, find your partner, have kids, grow up together or, you know, grow together in a, in a home. Do you, like, do you find yourself trying, like trying to explain yourself to people about how your relationships work and, and why you do what you do? Um, I did. And then I stopped and then sort of what I live by now, which I'm, you know, it's really funny because if anyone listens to media interviews or podcasts or anything I do, they're going to find out more about how I live than if they're my friend or family. But so what I sort of tend to live by is just for me, just for fun, don't tell anyone and not by keeping a secret. It's like, I don't need to explain or justify my choices. And my choices are different from, the friends I have who are in a relationship. And like I said right at the beginning, I think if people come out of judgment of what they're choosing or what others are choosing, then we can create something really different in society. And there's so many people I see who are choosing to be in a relationship, whether it's married or living together or whatever that is, and they don't actually really desire to be there, and some do, but they make it right. And it's like if we weren't making our choice the right choice, then there's so many other possibilities that can show up. Like you right. can every day literally go, okay, so is this is this what I want to choose today? You know, or you can change. You can change. Whereas when you make your choice the right choice, there's no room for change. So yeah, but I don't really tell everyone what's going on. I've got my assistant is like, hey, you know how you put things in your private calendar? Do you think you could just like block it out so that I don't book you things there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, mm, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. Do you, this notion of like, 
um, you know, asking the question every day as to whether or not you want to make the choice to stay in relationship with someone. Let's say someone's listening to this right now and they're hearing this and they're going, yeah, fuck, I like that. That sounds great. I'm going to, I'm going to bring that to the table with my partner the next time we sit down and have a conversation. Now I can imagine someone brings that notion up mm-hmm. with their partner and the partner all of a sudden feeling like, Whoa, what Very the threatened. Yeah. What the fuck? Like it's yeah. Like, yeah. is, are we, is this, is this it? Are, are you we in or are you out? Do yeah. I have to check in with you every day? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like it seems like, it seems like a very daunting or scary uh, preposition to bring up with someone. So What's this look like practically? Yeah, like how, yeah, exactly. So I would say the piece that is is missing from here is this is not something that you talk to your partner about. It's for you. So mm. like for me, um, when I was with Brendan for a few years, and like I said, like he was 11 years younger than me. At one stage he wasn't working at all. I was like, look, why don't he hated doing what he was doing. I said, why don't you just stop working? I've got enough money to support us uh, and give him the space. And that was about 18 months. But he was like, you know, anyway. He's a great cook. He would help out and do things like that. Um, so I was earning way more money than him and supporting him 11 years younger. So the projections that you get that are not spoken, all the projections and judgments that you get were actually quite interesting to deal with from, you know, friends and family. And every day I would ask to myself, not to him, not to freak him out. It's like ask to myself, okay, so is this actually working for me? And I would get, it's like a yes or no. And I'd get yes. Now, also the piece here is if you get no, it's not like you walk in and, you know, knock on the bathroom door and go, Hey, this isn't working for me. It's like, there's a level of kindness. So, but what I would like you to do, if you get no, then go for a walk, do something for yourself. And if you get no go, okay, so what would have to change in order for this to work? And this is also not about going to your partner and saying, hey, I've decided that you have to change these things in order for this to work. No, it's like, would you have to be more in allowance that they, I don't know, don't pick up their dirty clothes? You know, it could be anything so simple. Would you have to be more in allowance of the fact that he's not bringing in in any money, but he's really good at spending it? It's like, okay, Mm. does that actually work? Because I looked at that and went, wow, he's so good at spending money. And, And at one stage I went, hey, Brendan, I need your help. And I said, can we sit down? Can I show you all my bank accounts? Because at the moment I'm making good money, but we're spending it. And he was spending a lot of money. And I said, can I show you? I need your help so that we can actually have money. And when he looked at it all, he went, oh, yeah, okay, cool. And I gave him the information. But that was one thing that I would say wasn't working for me. But the way I addressed it was not sort of getting angry or cranky at him or frustrated. It was like, okay, what 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 choices do I have here and how can I change this? So, mm. yeah, it's not like confronting, I love you, where you say, in or out, for God's sake, every day we have to look at this. No, it's for you. It's, it's a question that I would say, ask yourself. Turn Me On Podcast, we'll be back after this short break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This, this hits so deeply because I have chronically been in relationship one foot in, one foot out. And chronically unsatisfied and you know just trying to like fix things in the relationship but there's almost like a never-ending list and and this is a personality uh trait of mine of 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 being satisfied and 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 like gratitude and and things like that but the question of you know would I be better off alone has plagued me in all of my adult relationships and I don't know how to do that sort of nuanced conversation with myself necessarily it always has felt very black and white like well if I'm not a wholehearted yes to this then is it even really fair of me to stay in relationship with this person you know if I'm even contemplating on a daily basis what my life would be like and whether I would be yeah. happier outside of it, you know, is that even fair to compliment to, mm. to to contemplate on my own and not share those inner workings of my mind with you know my partner? Um, so one of the things I would suggest too, though, with that is have a look at what have you decided you need a relationship for? Because I don't think you know Hollywood, Bollywood, whatever it is, hasn't done us any favors because we all look at you know, oh, well, this person will, you know, support me. Then I've got someone to hang out with or they complete me, like all of that stuff. And yeah. rather than the creationship part is, yeah. you know, if you have all of you, then you can then you can have something really creative with somebody else. And if you look up the definition of relationship before 1937, uh the word actually means like the distance between two things. So we're saying we're in relationship and we're talking about the distance between us. So something that we refer to in the book as well is if you're going to choose to be in a relationship, what if you chose to be with someone who you created at least 20 times more together and it was more a creationship is what you're asking for? And to me, I think you need to have a level of intimacy with yourself, which is like, you know, being grateful for yourself, trusting, um, being an allowance of yourself, honoring of yourself, uh, and have that with you before you can have that with someone else. And when you have that with you, so you're saying like having these this chat with yourself, then when someone comes in, you're just like, yes, let's go, you know? Yeah, something that's been we've been talking about a little bit lately too is is just like 
um, relationship anarchy. I don't know if that's as hot a phrase over in Australia as it is right now over here, but uh, the idea that yeah, we do, we have, we get different needs fulfilled in our different relationships. And we don't even think twice about it when it's like, yeah, you know, I'm having a particular issue. I'm, I know I'm going to call my sister because she's going to give me yes. what I want from this, you know, from the, her perspective. And and this friend, I I fully anticipate and knowing until I'm an old, old, I, I anticipate growing old with this friend mm. of mine. And those things are already sort of happening that, that then when we look at like our intimate long-term relationships that we've categorized in some other kind of way where it's like, you know, I'm married to Jeremy. We got married young and there was no manual on what that meant and what that was going to mean for us. So now luckily we ended up together equally as open-minded and willing to have the conversations about like, what is it we need from each other and to, to keep doing this to continue. That's a good this. book. That's your book. That's like our book. That's at young age, there is no manual because there mm. isn't. That's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. But this is all, yeah, this is all like totally, totally resonating. Um, in your book, you, you said that you always thought you would be a single, a, a single person when you were mm-hmm. growing up. And uh, I would love to know, like, how has that, how has that shifted? You've kind of touched on a few things already, but like, where are you at with that now? And, and do you see yourself growing old with someone? Uh, I don't, like, I honestly, I don't have an answer for you. And I would say the reason why I looked at, like, I always thought I'd be single is because when I was at school, so many people were so involved in relationships and, and I remember at one stage, my nickname was like the three month wonder. Cause I used to have these relationships for like three months. And I was like, well, I'm done. We had so much fun together and goodbye. Right. Mm. And to me though, it was just like, I didn't see a wrongness in that, but everyone else, it was like, well, don't we have to commit? Like you find the one and I, the one never has never made sense to me. It really hasn't. I, and I get it. If you're out there and you are, you think you're with the one or you, you desire to be, that's fine. But for me personally, uh, I have never knew how I could look at somebody and say, Hey, I want to be with you in 20 years time or 50 years time. I'm not even sure what I want to do next year, you know, or next week. So, and I always had this huge um, desire to travel the world. So I did, I left when I was 19 and, and traveled the world for three years. And then my job in the last 21 years has pretty much been traveling for nine, 10 months of the year, except for the last two years. So it's like, to me, what I want to be in the world and what I want to create in the world is is much more prevalent in my desires than being in a relationship. And yet I love hanging out with someone and I love the intimacy and I and I I like all of that as well. But I wouldn't give up what I'm choosing in the world to be married and grow old with someone. That doesn't have any desire to me. If people come and go or someone does show up, and then I end up with them when I'm old. That's great. So I'm willing to receive it all, but I'm not vested in the outcome of of having it be, you know, single or, or together or anything like that. It's like whatever shows up shows up. Does that? But I'm not going to settle for something. Else. That's probably probably the best right. thing. <laughs> Does that make dating hard for you? Um, 
I'm going to say yes. You know, I was recently, I was just on a bunch of dating apps and I was like, God, I'm so done with this. This is so boring. It's like, so, so I just went, right, delete. <laughs> and deleted them because I was like, it, it's just, you know, like, and yeah. Um, yes and no. Like, you know, there's, uh, I mean, I have one, you know, friend at the moment, if you want to call it, that, uh, I think it works like it's like there's an inspiration that that we are for each other that is different and I love the fact that I don't need to the check-in thing in a relationship always spun me out I was like why do I have to check in like that like hey and I, and I get there's an honor and if you're living with someone you're like I'll be home at six mm. you know or something like that but there was I don't know there's there's like the way that you can look at that and then the way it becomes this like more more like a controlling system so I've always loved to just have my freedom. So mm. when you can have that with, that's what I would desire when I can have that with someone, which Brendan was really good like that. Both of us were great together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the things that like, you know, in, in talking about people who end up in relationship where <clears throat> they, they haven't asked themselves the question of like whether or not they should be in this or not. And and if they if they did ask themselves that, perhaps the answer would be, well, no, like I really, this isn't what I envisioned, or this doesn't really line up with my values, or there's something about this that isn't working. Um, I feel like I feel like a lot of people find themselves in that situation because. Well, I don't know what the because is, whether it's because that's what they've been, you know programmed to to think like well this is what you need you need to have the the person that you fall in love with and and have children and settle down and yada yada whatever whatever um and so i it like it does in talking to you now it just makes me think about the amount of people that find themselves in situations where they would be better off not in the current relationship that they're in um and knowing how like deeply challenging it is to make that realization and then and then how even harder it is to to act on that realization to like take action so maybe someone's listening to this this right now and they find themselves like hearing this and they're going fuck that's me i'm in a relationship that i that i actually don't want to be in yeah that isn't serving me in all the ways that i know could be so when you're, when you hear that, when you, when you ask yourself, am I like, you know, is this relationship worth it? Mm. What are the, what are some steps that you can take to make that transition a little bit easier? There's got to be a checklist of some kind. Yeah, it's yeah. all this more clear. Well, yeah. And I, and I, and I get, I mean, so first of all, when you were saying like the, you know, what you're choosing and then you go to the because, I would like to, what if we eliminated the because? Because anytime we go, like anything after the because is a justification. Like mm. what if we just get to choose? And the same thing, like if, you, if you're in this relationship and you're like, mm, how many times, like how many friends and family do you have that create this like trauma and drama to break up the relationship rather mm. than and it takes a lot of courage. What if you, you know, I don't know, grab a bottle of wine or, a, you know, something like that and be like, hey, can we chat and just say, look, have we done 
what we were meant to do together. Is it time to move on? It's a really big question and it's really confronting. And yet it takes two people to create a relationship and it does take two people to break it up. So mm. if, two, if you're actually willing to look at it, like when Brandon broke the relationship up with me, like I said, I did the, you know, 48 hours of like, oh my God. And then I went, ah, he's right. Mm. And if you're willing to look at that, but you've got to have that, any, like that, that gratitude for yourself to move on because you, you're not less than because you're not in a relationship. You are not less than because this person is breaking up with you. It's like it's just different. And that, ladies and gentlemen, I think takes a huge amount of courage. And if you choose that, then your life will just get greater and greater and greater. I mean, mm. I don't know one relationship that's broken up where in 10 years they're still going, oh, my God, I wish I was with that person. Most people right. are like, oh, I'm so grateful for that and I'm so glad that it ended. Like Brendan and I talk all the time and we're like, man, we're like, I'm, he's getting a, a, he's moving into a house in Texas and he's going to have a guest room and I was like, sweet, so I can go stay there. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. That, Sorry, that's, that's, no, it's just super enviable because I feel like a lot of, because we're sold this narrative that you get married and you stay with one person forever or you get divorced and then you get a second chance to find that person that you stay with forever what we lose is the acknowledgement that relationships can be successful relationships and positive relationships in your life even if they only last a couple of years yeah. or a short period of time and that's really fucking hard it's yeah. it's to i i've never been in this situation but to be in the situation where you go, you know what? Like we are but why is it not hard, what I want to say. Why is it hard? Why, yeah. Why? I don't know. Like, it's that hard is, because it feels like a death. I think that's mm. why it feels like the end. Well, there. Is, I mean, yeah, no matter what, there's going to be a grieving process and, and, and we don't, we don't like to grieve. Wait, like no, you're you know, like no one... surely I can stick this out for another fifty yeah. years. <laughs> it yeah. won't be. It won't be <laughs> worth the tears. But it makes me. It makes me think about my relationship with with Katie, right? So my my first yeah. my first ever girlfriend, yeah. um, who I was with for a few years. We went to we like moved to Toronto together to, together in my in our first years of university, and we had a really like intense, beautiful, loving relationship. Really, not so fun breakup that was really intense and we didn't speak to each other for you know a couple of years after that but somehow something occurred where our our worlds collided back together in as as adults and and now we are you know we're best friends. We, 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 we are, we're like developing a, a creationship together. You're in a creationship. We're in a creationship, sure. you know, and that relationship there, like, I don't think about my relationship with Katie and, and associate it with the yeah. love that we had when <laughs> right. we were kids. And now I associate that relationship with someone who knows me very well, very deeply on a very intimate level, but also is someone who, who I know that I can like sit down and create with in a really like meaningful and rich way. And that wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for us to have that relationship that we once had when we were younger. And so like, I'm just so grateful for that, that relationship that I have with Katie um, mm -hmm. up to this point. And, 
And I haven't really put a lot of thought into it, but, but this conversation right now is just making me think about how important that relationship is to me and, and how that is a great example of like how a relationship, a romantic relationship can end, but it doesn't have to mean that it ends and this is it. Like our lives, we just go separate ways and let's never fucking look at each other again, you know? Yeah, and it, and it wasn't a death. What if it was a celebration? That's why I said grab a bottle of wine, maybe grab some right. champagne. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like what, if we, what if we were the ones that changed the culture of that? Yeah. Because and also when you say you grieve, it's like, I mean, same thing with death. People grieve, but they grieve the relationship that is no longer going to be with that person. Mm-hmm. Rather than, you know, it's like that person is not at a loss. It's like the relationship has broken up neither of the parties are broken. And I think so many people take mm. a, a breakup really personally. And that's like I said before, they start to look at this thing of how they're less than, or what did I do wrong if I'd just done something different or whatever. And it's like, no, don't give up everything that you be. It's like, what if it was a celebration for the time that you had? And can I add to, it's like, you might be listening to this and going, oh, that sounds so fucking easy. It's not. It's like we, I mean, Brendan and I just did this telecall called Breaking Up Is Easy ish because right. there's some mm. shit that goes down that you got to deal with but how are you going to deal with it you know i'm i really am loving this new term of creationship um it it it's hitting home also in a in like i don't have children um mm-hmm. but it, i've been reading and contemplating a lot on People who are born with a nurturing instinct, this could be a female, this could be a non-binary person, traditionally like a lot of people in the LGBTQ community or two-spirited community are like, they're nurturers, um, but they may not associate with the gender that's associated with nurturing. So like, I I know I'm a nurturer, I don't have children, I'm not planning to have children, um, but this nurturing and also creative force moves through me. And for a while now, I've been looking at all my friendships and relationships in like, I want, I want to create things in mm. with my friends. That would be my highest form of like satisfaction in life would just be to mm. make things with my friends all the time. But creationship and this this is a new term i'm just learning today seems like i like i would make a t-shirt with and i would carry the flag for that yeah for that yeah. uh movement mm-hmm. in 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 our lives can you t- can you tell me a little bit about like how you see creationships uh maybe yeah. filling some of the 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 places where we've traditionally relied on our our relationships Mm. to fulfill us yeah well the first thing i'm going to say is most people sort of misidentify what creating with someone is and there's so often that they go oh i want to create with my partner which means that they do everything together it doesn't necessarily mean that like for instance at one stage you know brandon and i brought this house together and we wanted to do a whole lot of renovations uh, so he was the one who oversaw all the renovations. Um, he was fabulous cook, like top 100 master chef in Australia sort of thing, like amazing. So he would cook dinner every night. He would do all of that. Whereas I was the one that was going out 
you know, traveling as well, traveling around the world and then coming home and, and then, you know, working and, and I'd be sitting at the kitchen bench with a computer and a glass of wine while he'd be cooking sort of thing. And that's the creation ship though, is we were both contributing to each other to create something greater. Yeah. Now, could you actually be working together on stuff? Like we've co-facilitated seminars together. And so that's creation ship as well. So it can look really many different ways, but don't box it in that it has to look a certain way. Like if you are literally contributing more to each other by what you choose to create something greater, to me, that's creationship. Mm. Right. In your book, you talk about, you know, you, of course you could do your work and you can cook for yourself, but to have, you'd be able to put your input and their input, whether they're cooking a meal while you're working on your computer is all a part of generating what's possible for both of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a constant contribution. And I see so many people in relationships. So for starters, so many women want to own a man and so many men want to own a woman. And then they also want to try and control them. Like uh, and one of the things I always talk about is because so many women also, and I can get away with saying it because I'm a woman <laughs> is that, they, they want to change the man that they're with or train him or control him. And I say, if you want to train someone, get a puppy. It's like, what if you were just okay with how he is? It's like not trying to train him into doing something that you've decided that he should do to create the perfect relationship. The perfect relationship doesn't exist. That's a judgment. Perfection is a judgment. It's like, what if you asked every day, well, what can I contribute to you today? Mm. And, and start to have something different. Totally. I, I remember being told from like a, a teenager that uh, that men that men would always need to be trained to uh, clean and do yeah. household things because their mothers never taught them. How dare you? <laughs> I know, but this was just the belief <laughs> I was born with. You. And I will tell you from firsthand experience, it is a much easier to train a puppy to do what you want it to do than to train a full grown human adult to behave in the way you would like them to behave. Yeah, I, I know so many men who are incredibly, you know, clean and, and tidy and, and, and do all of that. And here's something, like, if we got rid of that definition of a man and definition of a woman and what they're mm -hmm. supposed to do, because yeah. if you look at, you know, I don't know, in the 1950s when the women were meant to stay at home and dress well and, you know, but they also lived on Valium. It was like mother's little helper, you know, pop a pill so that they weren't stressed out about doing something that they didn't want to do. and you know, one of the things I think I refer to in the book and that we look at is how many women want to go out there and conquer the world, but they're told that they're meant to get married, stay home, have kids and do the laundry. And then there's so many men that I know that love being at home and being this nester and this nurturing energy that you were referring to as well. Yeah. So what if it, we didn't look at, I'm a man, I'm a female, we looked at well, what actually works for you and start yeah. choosing that. Yeah, that the the, the gender, what what is it? Ge Heteronorm, like gender roles. Yeah, yeah, gender. It's all bullshit. It's, yeah, it's it's bullshit, but it it's also been it's so ingrained. It's in, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so ingrained that it's hard. But I feel like that's changing though. Like it's slow. It's a slow change, but it, it's it is it's happening. Totally, but for people like us, um, and and older, there's. And unpacking then that yeah, has yeah, to yeah. be done to yeah. get to get into the groove of like, yeah. oh, like I didn't even realize I was silencing that part of myself. Yeah. 
to fit in to my gender role, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I just think that there's, yeah, it's just so, it's just something that just seems Don't like so much yeah. work. Yeah. Simone, mm-hmm. this has been really, really wonderful. Is there, is there anything we haven't touched on that you were really hoping to kind of dig your teeth into? No, I'm good. I mean, I can talk for hours on on relationships, like sex, all of it. So whatever, whatever you guys desire. It's like, no, I'm good. Like, I think we've touched on some really good topics. I think we have too. I think so too. Yeah, this has been really fun. How can people stay up to date with what you're up to and 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 find the book and what have you? Well, you can, um, I have got a great name because I don't think it, it, there's another Simone Millicis. So you can just Google Simone Millicis and go to my website, simonemillicis.com. You can also find the book on um, relationships, are you sure you want one.com. Yeah, thank you so much for this. This has been really fun. Thanks, guys. Hello. Hello, baby. That was a nice conversation with a sweet Australian woman. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Australia. That's our first guest we've talked to on the literal other side of the planet. Yeah. Like, the time we we I tried to line one other guest up over there at one point, and it was right as the pandemic was hitting, and it was a bad. It was you know, bad. we've we've got some Aussie listeners. Do we really? Yeah. Do yeah. we really? In Australia, yeah. not just Australians living in the U.S. No, no, like straight up, straight up, fucking, like put a shrimp on the Barbie. Australians. Like if we had a map on the wall of where all of our listeners were, we would put a pin in we, Australia? We would. Oh, cool. Yeah, I know of at least one. Oh. Yeah. Okay, well, So. Um, maybe we'll... Jamie. She's all, she also does radio. No way. Yeah. How do you know? Uh, Instagram. <laughs> do you know every one of our listeners on Instagram? I know a lot. Of, I, I mean, oh, oh, speaking of listeners. Okay. I got some listeners joining me on chess.com. Oh, good for you. Two of them. One of them. Hold on. Let me just check. I think I I beat the brakes off one of them. Yep. No offense. Oh, dear. It's actually a patron. Whoa. And, hopefully they And don't. this patron has gotten all of our Patreon merch. Okay. The mug, the poster, the t-shirt, the fucking... And you just whipped them at chess? <laughs> well, I'm not going to... I'm not letting... Look... I'm out there to lose and learn or beat and teach. Where did you pick up that phrase? Where did you get that? Did you just make that up? I just up? made that up. <laughs> That's, That's it. And, and, you can quote, and you can quote me on that, and that can go on my tombstone. Um, oh, so God, I, I anyway, whatever. I, 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 spanked, I spanked her. I, th- I, think, um, I think it was Molly. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, thanks, thanks for playing me, Molly. We'll play again soon. And then somebody else <laughs> added me. Brush up on your skills, Molly, and we'll play again soon. And they, yeah, and they wanted to play a ten-minute match. Like you, it's like on. You got a ten-minute timer. You run out of time, you lose. Right. They beat the shit out of me. Ooh. They were really good. That's good. Yeah, I like great. that ten-minute that ten-minute timer makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like there's that there's a segue there <laughs> because, um, as everybody knows, I'm in school. We have our first group project that we're working on. Yeah, and I have found myself being the one that makes drive is driving things forward. There's another like strong person. I'm a, I would say out of the nice group, humble brag there. I'm a strong personality, but there, and there's another strong personality in the group too, but maybe it's a, not a humble brag. It's what it is. I think is an extension of the boundary work that mm. I'm doing with 
Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Kendra Kunov, one of our previous guests, right. offered um, um, our listeners, uh, what did I say? Like a, a really great discount anyway. Discount, yeah. Um, on her Beyond Boundaries course. So I decided, I've been hearing a lot about boundaries. I'm going to check this out. Yeah. And um, basically every week you get a new module. I'm just taking, I'm a full-time student, so I'm taking my sweet time. And uh, I'm just still lingering in in module one, but one of the sort of assignments after all the teaching is done and one of the the reflection assignments has to do with um, uh, uh, noticing where your boundaries already exist that maybe you didn't know. And I got to say- It's helpful, helpful tool. Super, super helpful. Yeah. Um, It's also going to be a really helpful uh, tool. I'll finish what I was going to say first. So- with the group project today, we met at lunchtime and, and, you know, the other strong personality came up to me. You might even be listening to this. Hey, hey, uh, to, to came up to me. Does to, he know he has a strong, like, did you tell him this? Have you guys had uh, this conversation? About, the, about boundaries? No, about him having a strong personality. Oh, he knows. He, he's, he's self, self-proclaimed strong personality. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely a strong personality. If you're out there, <laughs> if you're out there saying to people, yeah, I have a strong personality. <laughs> I know that fucking, I know that type. Well, it, it, so we, we met at last I, I have a strong like, personality, but I don't fucking tell, I don't say anything about it. Well, maybe. I keep just, that shit to myself. Well, this is interesting. This is, brings up a whole other <laughs> boundaries thing that I want to talk about too. But, um, so, but basically, so we meet at lunch and it, and it was like, okay, but lunch is 45 minutes. What time are we meeting? Right. Let's not go over 15 minutes. Right. You know, and today. And the last few days I've been feeling like so much more energy at the end of the day. And I feel like it has to do with the boundaries work that I'm doing with Kendra. Like, Mm. like I put my headphones on during break and I just listen to music and I go outside and I take my mask off and I just like stretch and breathe or walk around the block. And I'm creating like a personal space sort of boundary for myself during my breaks, which really helps because when you're in a classroom of 35 people all day, like, you know how it is. So, so that it's totally coming into play, but the, the whole mask thing is a whole other boundary. Today I got up from, I was being treated by my fellow student. Yeah. Um, my face was in the face cradle. So I unhooked the masks from, from mask from my ears. Um, but we have to keep them on. So kept it was still on my face when I got up, of course it didn't come up with me and I didn't notice and I'm folding up my sheets and, right. and I'm noticing that people are just like naturally parting like around me like keeping a six foot boundary birth to me until i noticed i didn't have my mask on nobody said anything but personal space is a lot like that too that i was reading um then then i went into the library on on my next break and i picked up a book called the ethics of touch and it has a whole chapter on boundaries and uh and one of the things it says is that most people are comfortable with about um three to four feet in front or behind of personal space. Right. But side to side, we really only want, we we really only get like typically kerfuffled if someone's a foot within our personal huh. space. Isn't that That's interesting? interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it kind of makes sense because like from like a, you know, from like a safety standpoint. Yeah. If someone's directly behind you. Yeah. They have access to your vitals. <laughs> Someone's directly in front of you, same thing. Yeah. Someone's on your side, they've got to make a little bit more of a drastic move to get. Yeah, you can see them there in your purse. Yeah. yeah. Eh, that's cool. 
Yeah, I thought so too. Um, so this uh, this thing that you're doing with Kendra Kunov, who's a past guest, if you if you're you know a new listener to Turn Me On, um, past multiple time guest, um, in this boundary workshop, are you are you taking away things that you think you will incorporate into your one hundred percent in in like in direct relationship with your partner or like or friendships or like. Every, like I think everything, everything. Yeah. because what I'm starting to realize, <laughs> you know, we talked about this, I think with Simone, um, like you're in relationship with everything around you. I'm in relationship with you. I'm in relationship to donut here. I'm in relationship to Taylor. Who's like way over there on the other side of the room. Yeah. And there's this space between us. And, um, so it's happening all the time. Like right. I notice it, you know, I'll just be, I'm cognizant of it as when I go to the dog mm. park and like, especially this idea where, you know, boundaries really have to do with context, you know, like, right. um, so something I was reading in this, in this book at my school today it is like, it may be really appropriate for me to put my hands on you in a particular way once you're on the massage table. But if I were to do that in reception or in plain clothes out on the street, it wouldn't it wouldn't be appropriate. That would be our boundaries have shifted at that point. Right. Once you are, you know, closeless and on the table, there's a different, new, more intimate boundary. But there still needs to be boundaries because in that sort of vulnerable um, state, you're more likely to share more intimate things about yourself or have this more, you're just more likely to get into to areas you don't need to be right. as a professional healthcare provider and a client, but we're, we're some of the few sort of um, professional healthcare providers that within moments of meeting me, you'll be, you'll have your clothes off, you know? How many res- registered massage therapists do you think end up forming relationships with clients? I really don't know. I mean, it's definitely against the ethics, the ethics for sure. But I think what happens is, is it against the ethics. If you like, if you, Say you say you had a client, and then they weren't they never came back to for as a repeat customer. Yeah, and then like you know two or three months down the road, you're at a coffee shop doing work, and they see you, and they come sit and like, hey, can I have a co- can I share a coffee with you? We, we've met, we know each other. You gave me a massage once. Mm-hmm. It's like oh yeah 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 mm-hmm. sit with me, let's have a coffee. Is that crossing an ethical boundary? Well, that's a really good question because, you know, you're, like, where's you're the asking line? me. Well, no. Uh, well, yes. Because as a I'm not asking you in a woman. way to put yourself in a situation that's going to get you in trouble in school. No, no, no. But I'm asking you as like, uh, yeah, like, like where does the line draw for the ethics? Well, this is a personal boundaries question, right? Because mm. if, if I might, first of all, be wary because you... I don't know, because you may have taken something from that massage that wasn't intended that made you feel like you could walk up to me no, or no, okay. coffee well, shop and say, we well, know let, each let's other. Let's say that you also, you know, you thought this person was right. a very good looking person. There was a nice rapport in the, in the conversation. It was like, wow, the person was very like chatty and nice. Like, uh, I'll give you an example. I, my physiotherapist, yeah. very, um, when I got there, I was like, wow, this is, wow. You're a very attractive person. And we had lots of conversations during my treatments. And like, for sure, I had the thought in my head, like, 
huh, if like if I was if I was in the place if I was in a place in my life where I was looking to date, yeah, gee whiz, I would maybe I would date you, <laughs> yeah. right? So like, golly, like if you're in a position where you where you have that kind of like interaction where you go, oh wow, like what a pleasant person, mm-hmm. I would like to get this, know this person better. Yeah, well then it would be on me, the therapist, to say right. to figure out at what point I say <laughs> if this becomes a th- if this goes any further than this conversation, then I will I no will longer not be, treating be able to treat you, you anymore. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. So if you're thinking about mm. rebooking, first of all, Let now me... is, this is not the way to do it. <laughs> right, sure. Call my office. That's a boundary. Mm. Uh, but, you know, but but that's a personal, it is a personal boundary because like, uh, but the ethics say you should no longer continue to be their therapist if you're. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes more sense to me than you treated them now that now it's never a possibility. Right. Yeah. Although they did. So the someone did ask, like, what about, you know, I have exes. I have ex partners that are like looking forward to getting massage from you. But then we'll say like weirdly inappropriate things about it. This is what what woman was bringing up. And and uh, and our ethics teacher, our our professional practice teacher was like, you don't just don't treat people that you yeah had sex with yeah but obviously I'm treating you yeah but I mean I I think I think that's a pretty general broad stroke to go yeah. don't don't treat people you've had sex with yeah. I, that's silly but yeah. but also if someone's being a creep yeah definitely just go oh, no yeah we'll see how yeah. much of that there is I I heard a rumor about a a like a big box sort of massage chain. That will not be named. That um, maybe there was some sort of some some other non-ethical things sexually happening with between clients and therapists, but like rub and tug type stuff. Really? Mm-hmm. Just a rumor, a, a blanket rumor. Like if you go to this place and you say the right word, they'll go, <laughs> "Yeah, sure, I'll finish you <laughs> off for an extra fifty bucks." Yeah. Well, oh, really? Yeah. Well, I I mean, I don't know. Oh, exactly man. Let's talk about works. that when the mics are off. Yeah. I totally. know about that. That's crazy. <laughs> I, yeah. Tell, there's me, where, gotta tell be, me where to go. I, I wonder because I've heard stories of about <clears throat> massage therapists brushing up against an erect penis and being like, sure. should I, do you want this? And wait, what? Yeah. The, this is like a couple of years ago before school. Um, proposing without having previously discussed. Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, where where in your head do you have to be to just take that chance? Because yeah, that could to end. be like, oops, oh, I see that you are uh, fully rock solid. <laughs> do you want me to alleviate that? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, um, cool. Uh, sounds like you're having lots of fun in that boundaries um, workshop. Um, yeah, I am. I highly recommend it that, that, uh, um, and I still want to hear from any of our listeners who are doing it too, because I have a feeling there are a few. Mm. And if you have just kind of been considering it or you've been like, I think I need to work on boundaries, um, reach out. I'm happy to talk to you about this program and, and what's going on with it. Turn me on podcast at gmail.com. Bet. Speaking of uh, reaching out, we had a, a listener write in an email um, that I think would be fun to read on the show, kind of exciting news in this person's life. Yeah. Did you want to read it or no? you want me to read it? Okay. 
we'll, we'll keep this listener anonymous. Um, and, and I'll just go for it. Hey guys, I just wanted to share my story for anyone who's listening that has given up on coming during sex. I'm a straight woman, by the way. I've had sex for a decade and good sex too, but an orgasm was just never in the cards. I could make myself come just fine. And the men I was with certainly tried to give me as much pleasure as they could, but something just wouldn't click. I wouldn't come from oral fingering nothing. There were maybe a handful of times that technically the guy was involved as I came, but that's because I made it happen myself. I would focus really hard and basically try to (laughs) ignore them. So it was more for them than me. Eventually, I just gave up. I tell every guy from the get-go that I won't come during sex, and that's okay. I resigned myself to it and just enjoyed the sex for the pleasure without ever reaching climax. I'd often bring myself to orgasm after the deed, and that was that. The magic that wouldn't, okay, that magic just wouldn't happen until this past week. Guys, let me tell you the secret Uh in all caps. Here we go. If this helps even one person out there listening, I will be ecstatic. This new guy and I were getting it on in his car. He's got this huge SUV and we're in the back. Here's the position. He's sitting down. I'm on top of him. My knees are on the seat too. Instead of up and down motion, I'm doing a back and forth motion. So I'm moving my hips away from his torso. And my God, that feeling. I don't know if it's stimulating my clit or what, but it truly hits different. He's got his hands on my ass. I'm clinging to the headrest and then I feel it building. I truly didn't believe it would happen at first because of course it won't. It never has. But then I feel myself getting close. And then, holy shit. I'm orgasming and screaming my head off in pleasure. It was pure nirvana, guys. And it's happened another two times since. Wow. So if any of your listeners don't come during sex and are hooking up with a guy with a big SUV, do it in the backseat. <laughs> and if he doesn't have an SUV, rent one. Seriously. Just try it. I'm in heaven and wanted to share this newly discovered secret with the world. I hope this helps someone. Well, I love that. I, I doubt it's the SUV. Um, I, I don't think the SUV has, I mean, maybe the SUV has something to do with it on a very small scale in terms of like the psychological, psychological, like kind of placebo effect. But the, what's, what it sounds like is happening here is that the, and we've talked about this before. It's like the, the rocking of the pelvis versus up and down, up and down or, you know, yeah. So like we talked about it, it wasn't too long ago. We talked about like the different ways in which um, people with vaginas utilize the the position of their body and like the movements of their body to stimulate certain areas of the mm-hmm. vagina. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like there was the, the like pelvic tilt and the rocking and the that's right, yeah. What was that? Where 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 did that come from? Uh, it's like an we, article. Or yeah, something. we read an article yeah. or, or different different. Uh, Different motions. Like, yeah, motions and techniques. Yeah. That's what it sounds like is going on here. Yeah, I right? would imagine that without being there or knowing either of your anatomies, the way that uh, a, a lot of penises sort of curve in such a way that when you're on top, they curve and you slide back. It's almost like they're it, sliding against the anterior wall of your vagina, I guess, mm. which is where the 
G-spot is supposed to be around, you know, on that right. anterior wall, like sort of. Which the G-spot is not actually a thing. Which is, I guess, controversial, a controversial no, thing. No, it's not. It's 100% not. Yeah. Yeah. The G-spot is not a thing. Tell me about that. because we, We've talked about this on I the show. I know, but we've also talked to people who are like, this is, Mm-mm. this is. No. Here's how to get it. Yes. Be, yes. So the, so the, okay. Let me, let me be more specific. Mm-hmm. The G spot is not one singular button. S- yes, spot. That is a misnomer. Mm-hmm. The G spot is the entire, the entire infrastructure of the uterine, or not the uterine, but the the, the urethral like oh, highway. Right, right, so right, it's like right, like right, the right. urethras in, involved. The the entire clitoris is involved. All of those things are what create this G spot, but the G spot is a misnomer because it's not one singular spot. It's it includes the urethra, it includes the clitoris, it includes But it the, is usually that's on the anterior side of of the vaginal. I think wall. for most people that's how you would stimulate that that entire area. Area plus clitoral stimulation at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's all contributing to the G spot. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, you know, it'd be I, I feel pretty confident about that. I, I know I said it really confidently, but mm-hmm. I also know that I'm a fucking man. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not trying to like sit here and mansplain how someone's vagina works, but I'm just basing that off of what we've been taught yeah. on this show. Yeah, no, and I agree. I'm sure just... someone just heard me say that when, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I will now. <laughs> so there we go. I'm done. I just, I you know, we've had... Not a ton of conversations on this podcast that I've then looked at potential guests who have a very different point of view on things. But I kind of, you know, like when you hear a piece of information and someone says, that's not real, you go, okay, that's not real. And then it's hard to get that out of your head, even when you encounter other information. Yeah. And so I feel like my head is just still really blurry on that. Like, I feel like. I could even be though equally... we even though we've had the conversation with people who go, here's how anatomically this is structured. I think like that's to me that that's just that's science. I think the way that I learn things for sure because I'm encountering this again because right now in school we're studying the rib cage and the the whole thoracic cage, which yeah. I'm like, I know that I know ribs and vertebrae. I've yeah. done plenty of that, but it's t- completely bending my brain because right. we're going into a new level of like understanding of how all these bones articulate with one another. Right. And it's just like really, I'm struggling to absorb it because it conflicts with what I already quote unquote knew. knew. Um, and so I, yes, I, I'm a hundred percent going to believe any person who's smarter than me or knows more than me and says, tells me what they've found. Yeah. Um, but because I can't get in there and see it, I haven't seen it for myself, like yeah. palpated it for myself. It doesn't quite communicate to my right, brain right, as like, right, right, right. you know this. That makes sense to me. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I just need to, this is the way that I integrate information. Yeah. 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 Not me. I just hear it and go, well, yes, that's true. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, what a simpler way to <laughs> be in the world. Um, yeah. And that has its cons um 
you had something you wanted to read from a patron or you wanted to thank a patron or something? Uh, well, yeah, I wanted to thank our, our newest patron. Um, nice. Louis Valenzuela. Um, thank you for your patronage and thank you again to all of our patrons. I, Jeremy says it every time we thank our patrons is we wouldn't be here without you, but it's always so nice to see a new name, um, pop up as a new patron and, uh, and we appreciate you. So I want, I wanted to say that, but I also wanted to share with you, uh, this word that I came across because we love words on this show. Um, and I wanted you to take it. So I, I came across it in a non, it has a couple of two definitions. One, uh, appropriate for this show and the other one the context in which i read it so uh so this word um means pompous or pretentious oh yeah okay but it also means swollen or becoming swollen especially as a response to sexual arousal Ooh. interesting word right two different meanings pompous but, yeah and swollen Ooh. Yeah. Is this a word that I have heard before? You may have. I have, but I never knew what it meant before. Okay. Uh, do you want me to just tell you? You'll, you'll never guess this. I'll probably never guess okay. it. It's not engorged. No. Um, the word is tumescent. No, I never heard of it. Tumescent. Tumescent. Yeah. Swollen or becoming swollen, especially as a response to sexual arousal. Um, or pompous and pretentious, especially of language or literary style. His prose is tumescent, mm. full of oratund language. Okay, that that sentence was tumescent. Oratund. What do you think that means? Anything sexual or no? No. Sounds bad. Oratund. Um. Fullness, clarity, strength, and uh, smoothness of sound. There you go. Bombastic. Love that word. <laughs> Words. Uh, folks, thanks for tuning in. I uh, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We are coming at you every Wednesday. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review. If you're on Spotify, hit the follow button. And uh, if you want to watch our um, our aftercare segments or our foreplay segments. What you're listening to right now. Yeah. And can, see a little bit of donut. Yeah. You can uh, go to Turn Me On Podcast. Uh, no, you can go to patreon.com slash turn me on. And then, of course, you know, hit us up, turnmeonpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, that's all I was going to say, too. Yeah. Reach out. We love to hear. We love hearing your stories. We love sharing your stories. Get some um, more brain boners. Let's get some more questions. Yeah. Let's get some more stories. Let's get some more listener-created yeah. content. Let's do it. And uh, let's get some more patrons. All right. Uh, <laughs> hope you're all having a great week, and we love you all, and we'll see you next week. Until then. Go touch yourself. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.